Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. In season or off season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Techron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It's a winning play. Chevron, together ahead. And guys, our favorite part of the show every single week, it's time to hand out some game balls. We don't break. Right, that was a great job. We got it from everybody. Offense, big drive, defense, taking a stop at the end. We'll make these corrections. We're going to get better. We're going to stay with our process, though. We're going to stay with our process. All right, let's get ready to go. Call it up, though. Call it up. Let's go. It's time to present today's game balls with Travis, Seth, and OJ. And after seven straight weeks without a game ball, we're going back to back to back to back to back to back for a sixth straight week for game balls. And we're throwing it to my right here first. Big Seth, who you got? Well, I'm going to go defense, kind of. I'm going with the big fella, Christian Wilkins. (laughs) He was on one today. Seven tackles, had a tackle for loss, and had a pass defense. You know, he was all over the field, and, and yeah, they ran the ball a little bit, but he made sure they didn't do anything that was going to really harm this team. But Juice, let's talk about in the fourth quarter, first down, he reports in as eligible. Everybody in the stadium had to know, as we've seen when he's mic'd up, he makes sure the ref knows whether the ref's a mile away from him or right next to him. He's going to scream at him. He's going to let him know he's eligible. But did they cover him? No. He catches the little pass there. I, you said he bobbled it, tried to make it look hard. I think he added to the drama. <laughs> I think he likes a little bit of drama. He had that thing. He's got soft hands, bobbled it around a little bit so we could all hold our collective breath, scores the touchdown, and then the show begins, fellas. So first he goes, we're going the hard rock hop. Hard rock hop, but he doesn't just hop into the stands. He falls into the stands. Whoa. They got to pull him out. I was like, I don't know if it's they're going to get dude. him out of there. Hops into the stands. Do you think that's enough? It's not enough. <laughs> Breaks out into the worm. <laughs> Looks like the drunk dad at a wedding. He's doing the worm in the end zone. The guys are standing around. Nobody knows what to do with himself. But wait, he's not done. Goes full B-boy, and he's doing a friggin' windmill in the end zone. I've never seen anything like it. So somehow gets three interceptions and one touchdown, and God bless him, Kristen. He deserved it. He gets a game ball from me. I'm really glad you mentioned the uh, almost bobbling in the corner of the end zone because remember last time, his rookie year against the Bengals, he caught a touchdown. He caught the ball. He fumbled it. He picked it back up and scored. And I asked him one time, were you just trying to pad your stats like a basketball player, get the offensive <laughs> rebound, put it off the backboard, get it back together? So he did it again. But this I think time, he likes the drama. There you go. Touchdown. Yo, and there was a flag on that play too, and I, I, I was hoping it wasn't against that. I oh, hope no. he reported because I know 65 reported. Oh, you know he reported. <laughs> <laughs> ref! Ref! <laughs> 
I'm going to I'm going to my favorite side of football, obviously. And I'm going to go, it was the Dukes. It was the Duke. It's not a receiver. Duke Johnson, man. Duke Johnson, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome Duke Johnson right there. <laughs> 22 carries, 107 yards. Big runs in the, at the end right there. And another big catch for, for 20 yards as well, man. And Duke was just, he was just unstoppable at some time today, you know, especially in the second half when he got rolling. Um, getting north and south, giving big stiff arms, you know, just making it tough on those guys. And you know how good backs are, Seth and Travis. Whenever they get rolling, you know, a lot of times that secondary don't want to deal with them. And Duke made it hard for them to deal with today, man. So it was fun to see him and hear the crowd. You know, I was sitting <laughs> I was sitting next to Lamar Thomas's son today, and, you know, he, we haven't really seen Duke go off, you know, for the Miami Dolphins. And they kept saying, Duke. And he looked at me and said, why are they booing him? I said, they're not booing him. They're saying, Duke. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was getting louder and louder because he was getting better and better as the game went on, man. But my game ball for sure goes from the, the guy from the U, Duke Johnson. So following suit here. Actually, I didn't follow suit because Juice didn't go with the receiver. You know, Isaiah Ford had a few catches. Yeah. Devontae Parker yeah. had a big catch sure in this did. game. I'm going to follow suit and do what I always do and give the game balls to multiple people. <laughs> the entire pass rush gets a game ball for me. Six sacks, and I think we talked about this earlier. If not for that Jets game plan, and great on Mike LaFleur, their play caller, for his game plan to get into that bag and really keep the Dolphins' pass rushers at bay. But once they had to go to a more traditional drop-back pass game, it was over. Six sacks for this Dolphins' defense. I'm going to list it off for you right here. Ogba had two tackles, a sack, a force re recovery, rather, and another pass breakup. He has the most among defensive linemen this year. Van Ginkle, five tackles, pressures all game long. Christian Wilkins had seven tackles for you, Seth, in a pass defense. Zach Sealer, three tackles, a sack, a forced fumble. Jalen Phillips had two tackles and pressures for days. He had that one where he got this initial hit on Zach Wilson. Baker and Ogba clean it up. And then Jerome Baker, baby, he's back in a big way this season. Hey. Two more sacks for him today. So the pass rush gets my game ball, guys. So I guess I got to get, what, five or six or seven of them there from, uh, from Coach today? Yeah, good luck with that. Well, you yeah. got to go talk to Joey Joe Chimino. And, yeah, Joey and Charlie, they got you back on that one. Well, those are your game balls. We go with uh, Duke Johnson. How can you not? I mean, Juice, you, you talked about it there. 22 carries, 107 yards, plus 20 more through the air, a pair of touchdowns. And I keep going back to this, the fact that he, was not in, he wasn't going to score on either of those plays, right. and he just had the effort to push it across the goal, and that was the most impressive part. Yeah, the finish, man. I mean, you talk about finishing, you know, and that's what he did, man. He runs under his pass, you know, getting low and, uh, you know, and finishing at that, at that point of contact. And finding a way to get in the end zone, man. A couple scores like that, man. I, I mean, what, can, what else can we say? We were we were worried so much about the running back position, and Duke came in and, 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 and quelled all that today with the game he had. Yes, he did in, in a big way. And just to kind of continue the, the thought here of who else you know played solid games in this one. We mentioned Isaiah Ford. That 27 27 yard reception I think he had in the second quarter from two was a big one to extend that drive on a third and long play. There we talk about Devontae Parker. Seth mentioned the, the big completion he had there in that first quarter, maybe late early second quarter, to get the Dolphins' offense going there a little bit. So Dolphins, once again, Juice, I mean, this is kind of the theme of, of this team is they find ways to get multiple guys involved and find ways to just make the entire 53 responsible for the victory. Yeah, you have to, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. You have to find a way. Everybody gets in there. You might get one or two opportunities, and you better take advantage of it. Talk about Isaiah Ford. What did he take advantage of his opportunities? They had three targets, three catches, yep. including the big one. You know, you just talked about on third and long. I mean, those guys, man, one guy goes down, other guy's been able to step up, man. And we, we, that's what you have to have. And that goes back to guys like Chris Greer building the roster, the coaching staff, getting the guys ready to play. Coach, uh, Coach Flores, obviously, putting them, putting them up there, man. Yeah, it's been next man up. And, 
you know, I mean, we're enjoying the hell out of this this run rep that we're on right now. This six game win streak, to. and it's been a lot of different guys getting it done for us. And today was an example of that as well. Now we have a little bit of a longer week and an extra day of rest before next Monday night in New Orleans. We'll talk about that here later, though. But Seth, you were kind of talking about early in this game how the stats really kind of matched up for both sides throughout the course of that first half, but it. it the Dolphins pulled away late, 23 first downs to 16. Miami converted two more third downs, also had two fourth down conversions. They uh, Did you know that they wound up with a 379 yards more than New York's 228? I didn't know that. That was yeah. I, I didn't know that, but the second half, I mean, it really was. Uh, what it, Juice got all Shakespearean early and talked about the tale of two cities here. The second <laughs> half, it was, a, it, it was a different game, and if you can't take away – but obviously you had the pick six. But other than the pick six, the Dolphins really just dominated the second half, and I think that shows up in the stats there. Absolutely it did. And we talked about the, the time of possession. Miami gets 34 minutes, 22 seconds time of possession. Didn't win the penalty battle today, 5 for 45 for Miami. Um, what did you think about that, Juice? I thought they, this is a, a team that's played pretty disciplined all year long. Yeah. I think a couple of those holding calls really – that, that was basically the difference in some of those second-half drives was a yeah. couple of Hunter long holding calls. Yeah, yep, they were. They were. And in, in the Van Ginkle, uh, what, he roughed the passer, yeah. rough Zach. That was a good call, I thought. It was close, but it was a, he's about a half a step late. You know, so the penalties, um, honestly, they didn't hurt us like sometimes they can. Um, but, you know, I, I thought the, the holding penalties, though, we seem, we seem to see that every game, yeah. though, Trav. Yeah. You know, we can't escape that part of the game. You know, our DBs, I mean, look, I mean, I don't know. Did, it, did anybody throw an X today? Did, did Byron have any – I mean, did it, what happened with our secondary today with their guys, you know, other than, you know, trying some tricks and reverses and things like that? You know, our guys were, were gluing guys. They Usually were. when you get some, you know, I mean, defensive pass interference or, you know, or illegal contacts, whatever, because we're so aggressive. None of that today. Uh, most of it happened on the offensive side. Byron Jones had two passes defense. I actually tweeted about how I hadn't heard Xavier Howard's name until – or except for the first quarter – that touchdown run, he was there for a tackle, didn't make didn't it. Make that was it, the only right. time we talked didn't about it. Didn't make it, it there, right. but I can't right. get mad at X. Exactly, because you know? then he comes got back. way too much equity built up. But, yeah, I would have liked to see him wrap up there and hold them to three. But I'm going to give X a pass on that Of course. They, of course. They Certain didn't, guys get passes. I don't think they threw to him again until the third quarter, if, if at all. And That was kind of a matchup I talked about in the podcast this week, was those two guys on the outside have to get it done, and they, they definitely did. Byron Jones, you know, two passes, defense, X. They did, barely ever came after him all game long. So those guys, you can count on those guys. You can set your watch to those two guys. They're, you know who they're going to be every single week. Yeah, so why we saw a lot of, what's the word, Juice? Rookiness? Why right. we, we did see a <laughs> lot of rookiness today, he was wise enough not to throw to Xavier Howard. Right. Smart man, Smart Zach man Wilson's there. for that decision. Get your new Volkswagen with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volkswagen of Coconut Creek or online at GuntherVolkswagen.net. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from Hard Rock Stadium, Dolphins 31, Jets 24. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. And Dolphins win this one 31-24. <laughs> um, you know, Chaz, one, one, thing I wanted in, to talk, yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about um, was the opportunity. Talk about the sacks. What I saw offensively, though, is there was a sack, but it was for zero yards. So how does that work for one on Tua? You know, so that shouldn't be a sack, right? No, it's a sack. I mean, for zero yards. Absolutely. Okay. Zero uh, yards is a set. Okay, JT's probably had a few of them. He uh, had a few so of them. So that's why we know right. about this. That's 100%. why we know about this. And then, but, but other than that, consider myself a bit of an expert. Other than that, zero tackles for loss. You know, on the offensive side of the ball, that that was impressive for me. Considering we gave that we had seven, six sacks and seven tackles for loss against them. Um, so I think the offense, the offensive line, we haven't talked a lot about. 
um, which is a good I was thing. They're probably okay with that. Great thing. We talked about a couple of hold okay penalties. But other than that, though, man, being able to get 184 yards on the ground, protected two for the most part. You know, he was sacked one time for zero yards. And Seth just told me that it's definitely a sack. That is a sack. That's definitely a sack. Um, but at the same time, they'll open up, the, uh, open up holes and giving guys lanes to run. Um, so we always kill the offensive line. So I think it's today we have to give them a little credit for doing a heck of a job. Long, sustained drives, which you always worry about. Some, something bad happening along the way. And going from there, man. So big ups to the offensive line as well, man, because we don't, we don't pat them on the back enough at times. It's hard to on this show because it, it, I, I like to get a good look at the, at the tape before I really dissect what happens up front because it's hard to really keep a track of, of all five guys up front. But, no, to your point, they, they definitely got some push in this game and, and moved guys off the football for Duke to create some of those plays and, and got out in space too. And that's what, something this team does really off the edge, I think, really well too, is they block out wide, especially when you have – you know, Parker and Preston and, yeah. and some of the tight ends out there, these bigger guys that can get their hands on guys. And, you know, Juice, that's always been to me one of those things that it's it's all about will, right, when it mm-hmm. comes to receiver blocking downfield. You took a lot of pride in that. It's a will and a want, a want and a will. you got to want to do it and you got to be willing to do it. And that's how Coach Ford always told us that. You know, and you got to be willing to get your nose bloody, you know. And I saw Albert Wilson, you know, when he comes in motion – on that motion right off the end or right off the tackle, you know, he's sometimes in lead block situations or cutting the end man off a line of scrimmage. So, you know, they, they know the guys that are willing to do it. They know the guys that want to do it, and they know the guys that don't. And they don't, they don't put them in a position. Probably easy to say, figure who those guys are, right? Oh, it's real easy. It's real easy. <laughs> but bottom line, as coaches, you put guys in the best position to be successful, which makes our team successful. So putting Burton there, you know, blocking, you know, like I was saying, in the long run, uh, I want to say by uh, Gaskins, I saw Burt leading the, the run 20, 25 yards down the field blocking somebody, you know. So that's that's important, man. And it, you have to really want to and be willing to do it. You know, it's interesting you say that. He has found a way to contribute, Yeah. right? And and when Albert Wilson signed here initially, and we saw explosive plays out of him, and I know that seems like eons yeah. ago, yeah. a whole different coaching regime. And, and, you know, I just picture him and, and Jakeem Grant high-fiving and yes, running sir. down the field, and he was the most explosive player in the field game after game after game, had the injury, uh, you know, did not play during COVID, had that great camp here, and then he kind of disappeared. But he has found a way not only to, to have playing time, but he is contributing. And, and that's a great example, yeah. Juice, blocking downfield. He did get open. He could have had a 67-yard touchdown yeah. today if he had a better ball thrown to him. But somehow, some way, there was the tipped pass that you're worried it's going to be yet another yeah. interception. Right. And who, right, go to the Johnny ball. You talked to go us to about that. He was there, go to the ball, gets positive yardage there. So I give a lot of credit to a guy who isn't maybe the – he's not the focal point of the offense like he'd like to be. Sees a guy, them draft a guy who in a lot of ways is similar to him or mm-hmm. you would think is similar to him who's, who's making all the plays. But he keeps his, his nose uh, – he's moving forward. Yeah. He keeps his nose uh, moving forward towards the football. I totally brutal – just brutally. Yeah. To the grindstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nose to the grindstone. That's <laughs> what it is. I'm losing all you. what I'm trying to say. The you. point that I'm making is Albert Wilson's finding ways to contribute to his football team, even if he isn't, a, you know, the centerpiece. We're talking about that. By God, right. that was tough. Yeah. shouldn't have been that tough, <laughs> well, Steph. We talked about Raekwon on the defensive side of the ball. You know, Raekwon <laughs> being that quiet contributor – same thing with Burt, man. But, you know, and, and he's just a total team player. And that's what you got to love about guys like that. Yeah, that's what you I know, was saying. Total team player <laughs> out there, you know, uh, doing the little things, doing a lot of little things to make the team successful, man. So I get what you're saying, Big Seth. He's got his I'm nose glad you do, because I don't know that anybody else understood what I was yeah, trying to yeah, say. Good job by Albert, man. And, you know, <laughs> and he's just as big a part, as, a major part of his win as anybody else doing the little things. Like you talk about that tip pass, I mean, <laughs> that usually falls – 
into the wrong hands, yes. you know, but going to the ball is oh, always sure it would. Lead block down the field on a long run. Getting open, not getting the ball, but getting open. You know, Burt's that guy, man. He'll get his opportunities. You know, it might not show up in the stat sheet like we talk about other guys, but, man, I, I bet they appreciate him in that locker room. How about Isaiah Ford to, to that point? I mean, here's a guy that, you know, here's a guy who in his rookie season, he go, goes on IR with a torn ACL. He winds up on the practice squad the following year. The next year he's on practice squad, gets some call-ups, goes back down, winds up getting traded to the Patriots for a seventh-round draft pick, gets cut, winds up back here, back on the practice squad, gets activated to the active roster. Last week he had a, a basically game-clinching touchdown against the Giants. Two weeks ago, Seth, to that point again. And then today, three for 51, and it was a big third and six conversion for 27 yards. It was a 14 or so yard gain on second and 15 to put them in third and short, and then a third and five conversion where he gets five yards on a speed out route. So he was a big time contributor in this game, and he's one of the nicest guys, too. So I love seeing that. I love seeing him have a chance to get into the fold and, and make plays for a team that he's been around for a long time, just hasn't quite had the ability to kind of crack into the lineup and get things going that way. But here he is finding himself in a big role during a six game winning streak from the Miami Dolphins, and he's, he's played a big part in those victories. We're going to come back and hopefully get some, co- some sound from Coach Flores and Tua Tungavailoa. Get your new Volkswagen with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volkswagen Delray Beach or online at GuntherVolkswagenDelray.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from Hard Rock Stadium, Dolphins 31, Jets 24. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Your game day menu the perfect kick of spice with old El Paso. Try recipes the whole team will love like slow cooker, cheesy chicken enchilada bean dip, air fryer beef taquitos, or carnitas mini taco bowls. Visit oldelpaso.com for these recipes and more game day favorites. Old El Paso Taco together. We have quarterback Tua Tungavailoa who spoke to the media after the game. Brian Flores, check that. Hey Flo, I just wanted to ask you about um, Duke Johnson and the performance that he had just to be able to do that on, you know, in front of his hometown on the field that he played college football on and the Duke chance, just that kind of performance. How cool is that for you to see? He played well. Um, you know, definitely gave us a spark, ran it well, ran hard. Um, and picked up first down, picked up tough yardage and, you know, in a lot of instances where they knew we were running. I thought the old line blacked it, blocked it up well. So George called it a, a good game for us and we were able to execute and I thought he definitely gave us a spark. Hey, Flo, uh, one housekeeping question first. Tavon um, Holland, uh, he, he was activated off uh, COVID-19. Uh, did it come down to him just not practicing all week uh, to, to sign off the player? Um, you know, we activated him uh, on a chance that you know, we might be able to get him back from off the COVID list. We weren't able to do that, so that's why he wasn't activated. Okay, and uh, what do you think of where this team uh, stands now? Uh, this six-game win streak, uh, back at 500, with playoff hopes alive and three key games remaining. You know, I think we're just trying to take one day at a time, get better. Um, I mean, that's the approach we've taken really um, the entire season. You know, these guys, they they, they 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 play hard for one another. They work hard. There's a lot of, you know, they support one another. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great group to coach. And, uh, you know, we're just going to take it one, again, one day at a time and just try to improve it better. Um, but they, they compete and they fight. Um, that's probably the effort they, they gave today. I get to, uh, that's it. You know, the Jets played us they played us well. Just, just the game we thought it was going to be, 16-minute battle against the division opponent. They were ready. Uh, they threw the kitchen sink at us. A lot of it was, uh, you know, well-designed and 
a lot of instances there, I do just got to tip your cap. And they executed and did a lot of good things. So, um, but they play well. Mark Stallworth. Coach, uh, congratulations on the win again. Uh, this is a six-game win streak for you all, uh, longest win streak for you uh, during your tenure as coach. What is it going to take to keep this team focused uh, on a Monday night matchup against the uh, New Orleans Saints next week? Well, you know, we're going to enjoy this win tonight. Um, you know, it was a tough one today, but our approach is the same. Um, let's take it one day at a time. Let's prepare the right way. Let's, um, you know, go through our process, our weekly process. There's a lot of you know a lot of changes that are happening right now. Going to Zoom like we're like we're doing here. Um, you know, obviously, we're doing that in the best interest of, of you know our team, but also everyone and you guys as well. Uh, and uh, I was just going to just try to take the, that that one at a time approach. Four. Obviously, there's been a commitment to the run game since you guys started winning, and and probably previously before that. But how? beneficial is it to the offense and the RPO when that run game is, is effective and successful? I mean, I think it's just it helps really every facet of the you know, our offensive football. Um, that balance, um, that ability to uh, really turn out yards on, on the ground um, opens up you know, the RPOs, opens up the play actions. Um, and and where's, where's, uh, where's the opponent down? And we're uh, with our guys, they played hard. Um, obviously, the run game is something that we've, we've placed an emphasis on. Um, we're, we had some success with it today. And uh, if I can get you to uh, assess Tua's performance, I know he had the pick six and, and the early interception. Overall, how did you see him playing? You know, I think you know, I think as a team, we were rusty in a lot of areas. You know, some penalties, some missed tackles. Um, you know, so we're not going to put it on on, on Tua. Um, obviously, he has some, some plays he, he he wants back, but you know, he battled back. Uh, and took us right back down the field after you know the turnover um, and punched it in you know, at the end, gave us the uh, you know the winning score, the winning point. So you know, we'll make the corrections. Those, those, so it's good to make those mistakes and then win a ball game as well. Uh, but he'll work hard to work to learn from. Johnny, coach, during this win streak, you guys hadn't been down more than three points. Was there any angst being down ten nothing where you could almost say, "Hey, today's not our day"? How were you able to sort of rally through the rough start? Uh, I think it's you know something that you know, our players are just a sixty-minute ball game. Um, we just keep playing. We keep playing. We try to string good, good plays together. Yeah, we got off to a bad start, you know, a tough start. You know, we're down quick. But, you know, no panic offensively, defensively, or in a kicking game. We know that's a long game. If we play for 60 minutes and, you know, string plays together and do it um, in a complimentary way that we would, we would be able to battle back. I think all offensively, our guys you know, moved the ball efficiently, effectively, um, brought us back into the game, and then, we started to play the, the complimentary game, especially in the second half. Kyle? Ryan, um, 17 points allowed in the first half, and then you came back in the second half and, and did a good job stopping your offense. I, I believe you had five sacks in that second half. What changed from one half to the other, and was any of the first half performance attributable to rust from the body? Yeah, I mean, look, give give them a lot of credit. I, mean, I, I thought they 
had a very good game plan. I thought there were those, uh, um, we call them, you know, exotic, exotic type plays, throwbacks, you know, uh, uh, first passes, um, and you know, we missed some tackles, and you know, they made some plays. So we'll give them a lot of credit. Um, we definitely uh, you know, need, need, need to play, needed to play better. I think the guys kind of turned it on in the second half, uh, especially from a pass rush standpoint. But that that really started by um, our ability um, to get some stops and one early downs in the second half, which we weren't getting in the first half. So um, I think you know, our guys made the adjustments. You know, credit Josh, uh, our defensive staff, um, you know, making those adjustments at halftime. We did a couple things differently. You know, and I thought, uh, you know, from a pass rush standpoint, we did some good things, but you know, we missed a, a number of sacks as well. Daniel, uh, hey, Brian. In, in a sense, I, I remember on Friday you were talking about how the team have to compartmentalize. Uh, do you think that uh, you know this game was kind of a microcosm the entire week? You know, you have guys being on the COVID list. You have to make changes midweek. Uh, kind of missing in this game where you have uh, ups and downs. Just kind of a storm. Do you think that this game was kind of emblematic of the entire week? Nah, not really. I mean, look, we, we expected a tough physical game against a division opponent. Um, we expected their best shot. Uh, and you got to give them credit. I mean, they made a lot of plays. They play hard for, for Coach Salah. They really do. Uh, and that team competes. The quarterback made a lot of plays. They got guys out. We got guys out. They competed. And uh, we, 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 uh, we expected that. So, you know, I think we got to give them credit. Last question, Kunio. Right, so how, how hard are those kind of exotic or trick plays you're talking about? Or how hard is it to game plan or prepare for prepare for those? Um, you know, if you've never seen them, you really can't prepare for them. Uh, that really boils down to you know reading your keys, um, you know, uh, being being uh, in your right spot. If you know if you got. If you're a pass player, if you're a pass rusher, if you're a run defender, if you're an edge player, um, if you're a contained player, which means if the ball runs away from you, you got to stay, you stay back and kind of um, stay home. But it's hard to do that when you're trying to play hard, play aggressively, and get everybody to get to the ball. Um, so that was a little bit of what happened there. Um, that plus some missed tackles, and again, you got to give them credit. Uh, they, 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 they did a nice job from that standpoint. Uh, our guys battle back and uh, it's good to get a win so we only have a couple minutes here so I want to go ahead and just throw it right away to Seth what's your takeaways there man well, I think that's about as positive and upbeat yep. as you're going to get from a Brian Flores. And, and look, there were a lot of things to clean up. He talked about it. But I think he also understands the value of overcoming everything they overcame this week with the, the timely but untimely bye week. Guys are on COVID. They're off the COVID list, all of those things. And as he said, it, it is a tough physical opponent for them, regardless of record. And, and he, he clearly has a lot of respect for the coaching staff over there and, and for the players that are playing on that team. So I, obviously this sixth win meant a lot. It keeps the season alive. None of that is lost on Coach Flores, and I think you heard that not only in his energy. He talked glowingly about Duke, as of course you'd expect him to, but he also has a tendency typically when guys have great games is he likes to, to level the, the field there, and he doesn't like want anybody to get too high or He's too low. He's a veteran. He, he really is. He talked glowingly about the running game, talked about how the running game can wear down an opponent. You don't normally hear that from right. Coach Flores. I think the writers were probably licking their chops getting <laughs> stuff from Coach Flores that they don't normally get. So, uh, you know, really open, 
and uh, and and I just think that that's a head coach that feels really good about getting a W there when things could have gone the other way. They put up 31 points. They've won six in a row, and he's ready to focus on the next game. Yeah, and I think one of the points that he made that we talked about earlier, man, was like, you know, when the Jets come out there with some of these exotic plays, exotic call, plays. man, they took advantage, try to take advantage of our aggressiveness as a defense. So, like you said, it's hard to stay home and it's hard to stay back, you know, when everybody's trying to get to the football. And so I, I think that that's a, a – that adjustment alone, you know, from our guys, you know, staying in position, staying back, staying home, because it's <laughs> we never know if the ball's going to come back your way, or reverse is going to come back your way, or whatnot. And I think that was the difference. Getting home on early downs, you know, stops on early downs was huge. He talked about which it was putting them in tough down and distance situations, letting us, you know, pin our ears back and bring pressure like we like to. Our guys, we talked about covering, but I, I'm with you guys, man. Coach Flo, he, he should be feeling good right now. No matter what, you know, you get, you beat the Jets. You won six in a row. One reporter said it's his longest win streak as a head coach here, which is uh, which is awesome stuff, man. Considering coming off of seven straight losses to six straight wins, this guy is he's, he's rock solid, man. But the biggest thing I love about it, talking about the players playing hard for each other, mm-hmm. working hard for each other, competing, fighting for each other, you know, not for him, but for each other. And that's what it's all about in that locker room. I th- that's a great point. We saw, again, on the Tua rushing play, we saw, you know, Rob Hunt was fired up, and so was Durham Spieth next to him there. Three things I thought were very fascinating. We'll go ahead and get to the next one here. The, the fact that he said trick plays are hard to prepare for. You have to just kind of read your keys. I thought it was interesting, and that's obviously a lot to deal with when a team unloads everything they have at you. Miami handled it and responded and came back well. He also mentioned the changes this week were kind of tough. They, they had to go through some of those COVID up and downs, the Zoom meetings, and you can't meet the same way you used to. That's obviously difficult to overcome. And then also talking about how the team was rusty in some areas. That's also pretty transparent there from Coach. Missed tackles, penalties. He talked about Tua battling back and going down the field to get points on that final drive there. So, good stuff there from Coach as always. Get your new Volkswagen with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volkswagen Fort Lauderdale or online at GuntherVolkswagen.net. For car buying done your way, you gotta get to Gunther. Again, the final score from Hard Rock Stadium, 31-24. Miami takes their sixth straight. You listen to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. Let's go ahead and throw it now to the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tungavailoa, who met with the media. Uh, before we start, just want to, uh, you know, express, you know, that my heart goes out to Elijah um, you know, the, the player that got hurt, Elijah Riley, you know, it's, it's tough playing in this league. And, you know, I, I would say I care more about, you know, the guys, who they are as people out there on the field, whereas they, um, you know, are as football players. But I uh, just wanted to say that before we get started. Start with questions from David. Hey, so, uh, thank you for that. Also, um, first, so what was working on the ground game for you guys? So, what you feel that you guys were able to find uh, against the Jets and the Duke Johnson that have any effect on the I think the the O line did a great job today up front. Um, you know, with creating, you know, the, those opportunities for Duke to find the hole and you know and, and hit it and you know find ways to to bounce the ball and you know have Duke be be himself. Uh, running the ball. That's how he, he was his entire career playing in the NFL. And, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm glad that uh, we were able to witness that uh, today. Tim, I, I wanted to ask you your satisfaction of uh, the disappointment of throwing the pick six, and yet you were able to help the team come back right away and get the winning touchdown to Devontae. Can you describe that kind of ride of emotions that went through? Yeah, I mean, terrible, terrible decision on my part, obviously, uh, with the pick six, but we got to move on. The game's not over. We got to go down and we got to put some points on the board. And that's what we did. So, you know, you, you never you never want that to happen. But, um, you know, it, it does happen. And so it's got to move on from it. And I'm, I'm glad we were able to overcome it, you know, not just offensively, but as a team, you know, it started the first half and it really trickled all the way into the second half. Thanks. So it looks like you channeled your uh, inner Duke Johnson on, on one play and run up the middle. Uh, can you walk us through that play where you ran over a defender? Yeah, just remind me not to ever do that again. Um, <laughs> you know, much respect to number 30, uh, Carter. He's a hell of a player. You know, I, I obviously don't think that he was expecting me to <laughs> lower my shoulder and try to run him over. Uh, you know, just from the previous runs I had, I either slid or, you know, try to get out of bounds. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was just an in-the-moment thing for me, and it's really all it was. I couldn't, sorry, I, I couldn't really hear your question, but I heard Jalen, I, you know, I, even if Jalen's, you know, out, I, I think the approach that we, we all took um, with him being out is next man up and we got to continue to prepare. You know, Jalen Jalen doesn't win us the games. He obviously is a help uh, with with us to win games. But um, you know, I think all the guys that were out there, they put in a lot of hard work, and uh, I think they did a great job. You know, with uh, primary blocking, whether it's in the run game or you know responsibilities in a pass game. I think they all did a great job. I'm not sure if you can hear me a little better now, but what was clicking later on that maybe wasn't working the first couple of drives? Yeah, I think I think it was just adjustments uh, in the second half uh, for us. You know, we just started to look at our matchups more. Um, and then obviously with their coverages, you know, they they mixed in some, some man coverages on second and long. So, uh, you know, we... We were kind of prepared for for that if that ever occurred, but more often than not, they they played quarters. Sometimes they play six, um, and really we just try to run the ball and and uh, you know block primary and uh, have the, have their secondary guys uh, make tackles. John, hey Tua, with the team having climbed from a one and seven start to now a seven and seven record, what do you think are some of the biggest factors that have enabled that dramatic change to occur you know i'm just being around the guys i i, I really think it's it's just the communication just guys being in in the building when you know we're we have off days um guys wanting to work stay back extra you know i think all those play factors into um, our success on the field so 
So how effective can this RPO offense be when that run game is working? And do you feel like this is something that you guys can build on? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's very effective. And I, I, I think it, you know, it, it's something that we can build off. It, it has been something we've been uh, trying to build off, um, you know, from the Ravens game to the time we played the Jets the first time and, and so on. So uh, I, I do think that this is something that we can build off on. But, you know, I, I think there's also areas within our RPO game that we can get better with, uh, more so with me and, and the decision making. I have two more, Donovan and then Ruthie. Hey, Tua, what's going on, bro? Um, so Christian Wilkins probably did everything imaginable after his touchdown. I mean, jumped into the stands, hit the worm, even did some breakdancing. Just talk about, you know, getting that guy more into the end zone more often so we could see more of that stuff. Because that was a lot of fun for, I guess, for fans and you guys as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm not the offense coordinator. Um, and that I don't have, have a say in it. But I... You know, I think now that we put that on tape, guys are gonna, you know, start to start to kind of game plan that maybe. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I think it's tough to run to run a, a lineman out again after <laughs> after him scoring once. So maybe next time we punch the ball in or we'll we'll game plan a gadget. But I think that was awesome. That was cool cool to see him uh, score. I think that was the first time I threw a, a defensive lineman or or a lineman a touchdown in my career can you talk about his celebration yeah i only seen when he was trying to do the spin spin a rooney on the ground after that i i just turned around and went back to the sideline <laughs> all right last question Ruby. Oh. so i was going to ask you about christian but instead i'll ask you about um just duke johnson specifically to have that performance you know in front of his hometown uh, on the you know field that he played college football on just how cool is that as his teammate to see that kind of performance I mean, it's very cool. Me and Duke actually live in the same estate, which is even cooler. And I didn't even know that uh, until he brought it up uh, for Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's super cool, especially with the the crowd. I, I I think I heard the crowd saying Duke, you know, with a loud Duke. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. And, um, you know, I, I, I know he enjoyed it, uh, but you know, just knowing the person that he is, he's very, you know, grateful for the guys out there as far as the linemen and whatnot. So I'm, I'm happy for him. Spin a Rooney indeed. So there you have quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. Dolphins fans, you have begun your out-of-town scoreboard watching. We'll get you go ahead and get you caught up on that around the league scores. But first, let's go ahead and pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami, WPOWHD2 Miami, WKIS, WKIS HD1, and WKIS HD2 Boca Raton. Home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by Anajar and Mabine Accident Attorneys. So there you heard Tua. We also have Week 15 scores coming your way. Go ahead and throw the music up. Let's go ahead and get around the NFL scoreboard and talk about what the Dolphins need to have help them for a playoff push here in Week number 15. On Thursday night, it was the Chiefs taking down the Chargers in an absolute thriller in overtime, 34-28. The Colts took care of the Patriots last night, 27-17 in primetime. The Bills, staying in the AFC East, beat the Panthers 31-14. And how about the fighting Dan Campbells? The Detroit Lions take down the Cardinals 30 
to 12. The Cowboys win over the New York Giants 21 to 6. And the Steelers get a win that's important for Miami, knocking off the Titans 19 to 13. The Texans take out the Jaguars for their third win of the season. They move to thir- uh, rather they win 30 to 16 to move to 3 and 11. Current games right now going on. We have the Bengals went in for a field goal just now to go up 9 to 3 on the Broncos. The Falcons are trailing the 49ers 24-13. That one's middle of the third quarter and the Packers and Ravens are knotted up. Tyler Huntley playing well for the Ravens, 14 all beginning of the third quarter there. We have the game tonight, the Saints at the Buccaneers, and then some more action for you coming on Monday and Tuesday with some delays. The Browns are hosting the Raiders on Monday night. So are the Bears hosting the Vikings on the actual Monday night football there on ESPN. And then Tuesday, a pair of games that kick off at 7 Eastern. Seahawks are at the Rams, and the Washington football team is at the Philadelphia Eagles. Get your new Volkswagen with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volkswagen of Coconut Creek or online at guntervolkswagen.net. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score here from Hard Rock Stadium, Dolphins 31, Jets 24. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. From the electricity in the stadium to the highlight real plays, there's nothing quite like Dolphins football. And this season, you can be there live to cheer them on as the official marketplace of the NFL Ticketmaster has you covered with the largest selection of seats for any budget. Get off the couch and into the stands. Grab your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. And guys, we're waiting on a potential call-in guest here. Maybe we'll see what happens, but I want to go ahead and kick it off by what's going on in the podcast network this week. Seth, who do you guys got coming to the fish tank? Almost drew a blank. We got Jed the Dream Weaver. Dream. Yeah, Jed came on, and we had a great time with Jed. Some great stories. You know, we talked about Juice not being an A-lister, right. uh, going, to, going to charitable events, but he still thinks he can go in and do big things and, and support causes and, and uh, make, guys, you know, make kids feel good about the, their, themselves and those things. And, and we said, hey, Jed, I don't want an A-lister that's going to come in there and not talk to a sponsor the whole time. I'd rather have a guy that people are going to have a good time with. And I think it was the same way in the fish tank. Yeah. You know? So he may not consider himself an A-lister, but he brought A-level guests, yeah, that's for sure. So much fun with that one, man. And, you know, all the controversy the, with the New England guys back in the day with Jed, was, he was just – he was great. Uh, heck of a football player, man. One of those guys we talked about. We talked a lot of, about guys that, like, kind of unsung, you know, from on the Dolphins today. Jed was one of those guys that made some big plays. We talked a little bit about, you know, the playoff win that we had. I think it was the last playoff win we had, Big Seth. Yep. It was. He, was he, he came on draft time and talked about that. That was a yeah. 12-year-old Travis remembers that play very well, <laughs> very, very well. Yeah, so that was, it was fun, man. And then he reminded me of a couple of plays I made in that game, which I couldn't remember because, you know. Big third many, down conversion hits. on that drive. Too juice. many hits. Had too many two hits. big plays in a row, and then they missed him on second down, and Dream ends up getting the third down catch for <laughs> yeah, the touchdown. Yeah. First touchdown of his career. Now he remembers. And Juice tried, to, <laughs> Juice tried to steal the game ball from him right there in the interview. <laughs> what, did, what did you wind up with? As far as catches in that game. I don't know, about three, maybe four. I had four or five. You know, they're all conversions, I'm sure, though, Travis. You know, I had a chance to spin the rock. That's all I care about, spinning the rock. Well, you know, again, Juice, that, I mean – Losing my absolute mind in my uh, living room watching that game on, on one of those old-school TVs that weighs about 5,000 pounds back in, <laughs> back in the year 2000. So that was a lot of fun. Jed the Dream Weaver on the podcast on Fish Tank. We're going to have a pretty normal schedule for you guys on Drive Time this week. The film review coming up on Tuesday. I'm going to go over to the studio after this. Check that. I'm going to go over to my house. I can't go to the studio right now and record the podcast here for uh, the, the so recap. Right, yeah, so what's this. going on now with the new, new protocol now? Ba- back in my cave, back in my basement. I'm yeah. not thrilled about it because yeah. – um, 
you know, mental health is, is important to me and, and being stuck in your house is definitely not good for that. But uh, yeah. I'll find a way to get out and run around and do some stuff. But I, I really enjoy being around people and especially people in that building because it's a, it's a great place to work. So yeah. I'll have to, we'll have to adapt like Coach Flores says. We'll adapt, we'll adjust, and we'll figure it out and get the corrections made and, and give you a podcast tonight. So that's what's coming up on the podcast network. Guys, we have the Saints next week on Monday Night One game football. season, fellas. Yeah, it it's really a one is. Game, it's a one-game really season. Is. Yeah, it's a big one. I mean, obviously, everyone has been big, you know, and everyone gets bigger. Now, you know what I mean? So, the Saints, it's kind of like, you know, getting that extra day of rest, too, big, big for sure. Tribe, you know what I mean? I, I like that. I like that. Only thing I don't like, you know, as I hate it playing. I love Monday nights because I know the whole, whole world's watching. Sunday nights, everybody started liking. But think about it. Half the teams are traveling, you know. But anyhow, you know, it's like Monday night, I hate waiting all day to play. That was my biggest problem. We, we got a special guest calling into the show right now. Go ahead and welcome in Jason Taylor, Hall of Fame, all-time legend Miami Dolphin. JT, you there, man? I'm here, guys. What's going on? What's up, JT? Go, Seth, go ahead. Talk to your guy. Well, I got to apologize to the boss. I was ready for him. He said, just go, go ahead. I, I was ready. You know, JT's been sitting listening to the whole show, and the last thing he wants to do is listen to me for two hours. So I'm sorry for keeping you on hold so long, boss, but I appreciate you hanging in there with us. No, nah, man, you told me this morning because I couldn't make it to the stadium because of some health things going on. And, and it, it, you know, I do the postgame show, do a little piece of the pregame show. So you had me sitting here since 4.03 waiting for the phone to ring, <laughs> and, and you left me hanging. But it's fine. It's going to be reflecting in your paycheck next Oh, I'm sure it will. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Oh, trust me, I'm dreading Time it. is money, baby. I've been, on, I've been sitting here for two hours. <laughs> I, and guys, I know what his rate is, and I do not want to have to pay that. <laughs> So, Jason, let's talk a little bit about what happened in the first half defensively and what happened second half defensively. What did you see the change and the difference that took place with that Dolphins team? Well, I really thought it was a couple factors. And, you know, some people I heard talking about, you know, the Dolphins came out flat and they weren't ready to go and whatnot. Or defensively they were a little conservative. But I think it, to me it was twofold. Number one, and it sounds crazy because he's so young, Javon Holland was out. And I think what Javon Holland brings to this team and does defensively for them in in their pressure package, also in coverage-wise, and whether he's a single high safety or he's down in the box, I think he does so much already at such a young age. So, you know, they, they count on him, rely on him, and they, and they trust him to, to carry those responsibilities. So him not being in there, I think, made a big difference. And then also, you know, you know no matter how bad a team may look and, you know, or how tough of a season they're having, it, it's still the New York Jets. You know, and it's it's a division foe. You know, they they you know their fan base, I think, more so than the players anymore, don't like the Dolphins. You know, there's this there's this rivalry thing that's still sitting out there, and they want to come to Miami and, and play spoiler and, and beat the Dolphins. So they came out, and I give them a lot of credit. They came out with a lot of energy. They played hard. They played well. They made plays. You know, they put the Dolphins in some tough positions and created some turnovers. So I thought that was that was a thing early on, and then defensively in the second half, I thought I thought the Dolphins. Got more in a rhythm. Understood what the Jets are trying to do offensively, and 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 pressure them a bit more. So, you know, as much as people don't want to hear it, I think you got to give the Jets a little credit for coming out and being ready to play, and and Zach Wilson really handle, handling the game well in the first half. JT, to that point, you mentioned you know the Jets kind of pulled out all the tricks in this game, and I, I, it has to have something to do with the fact that they just wanted to ruin our playoff chances and and go beat their rival. And not just that, but Juice mentioned this too: take the all-time series lead in the Dolphins and Jets rivalry. Now Miami has the 56 to 55 lead in that game. Do you think that kind of had something to do with the fact that Miami's pass rush didn't really get much going early? And then was that what did you see with the five sacks in that second half? 
Well, I mean, I thought the rush was, was fine early on. They didn't necessarily get him down. Mm-hmm. You know, but you remember, you're not playing Joe Flacco. They played Joe Flacco up in, up in New York a few, you know, a few weeks ago or whatever. You know, Zach Wilson obviously moves around a lot more, can, can, can extend plays and, and get a little off schedule. But, you know, the, the, the Jets want to play spoiler. They, you know, there's a lot of things people could say, oh, they want to play spoiler, they want to win the series, you know, go ahead in the series lead or whatever it is. At the end of the day, guys, I'm a firm believer, and you know, I think Juice will tell you these are these are some of the most competitive people on the face of the earth. They don't want to go out there and get their asses kicked. They don't want to go out and be whatever their record is, three and ten or whatever. I don't even know what they are. Like, they don't want that. You know, they they, they want to win, and regardless of who's in or who's out, you know, they're missing Elijah Moore. They're missing a lot of a lot of guys on their team, and they're they're having a tough season. There's a lot of pride still in that locker room. They got a lot of good football players still, and they're and they're going to do anything and everything they can every Sunday, or Monday or Tuesday now or Thursday, where we're playing games all the time now. But any any time they tee it up, you know these guys are ultimate competitors. They want to win. You know I've been part of a one of fifteen team, yeah. and damn it, every time we left that locker room, you know for all fifteen of those losses, I was trying to win and expected to win. Now I knew we had, we were you know kind of handcuffed a little bit in some ways, talent wise and. And coaching wise, but you know you're still competitive. So you know, that, that those things always have to go out the window. And whether you're the best team in the league, you know whether you're the Chiefs or the Patriots or whoever you think is the best now. Look, Arizona got their asses. What were they about Detroit? Yeah, yes they did. You know, you, yeah. you, there is a there is a lot of pride and competitiveness in alpha males in NFL locker rooms. And you sleep if you want to, you don't get your butt embarrassed. Yeah, I think Coach Flo said the best what you're talking about, JT, is like uh, they've got a bunch of guys out there that are playing their butts off no matter what, and, but they also play mm-hmm. well for their head coach and Salah. What do you think about – I mean, a lot of times yeah. you see guys that might shut it down on the coach. These guys don't do that, and they showed it the first half. Yeah, and we saw you – know, we've seen and heard and read in the last few days about a team shutting down on a, on a, on a head coach, you know, where a coach loses his team. And I heard – Juice, I heard you on, I think, with Channing, Earlier this week, talking about you know you, you felt like there was there was a big part of that team in Jacksonville that that, that kind of you know abandoned ship on on uh, Urban Meyer and they were done with it and then you know, we see how that plan panned out and you know, Urban's albeit still rich but he's a, he's he's not he's no longer working in Jacksonville but you know <laughs> I saw a group that played their butts off for Sala and you know he's a good football coach they got they they have some really good football players up there and they need more pieces. There's a lot of teams in this league that need pieces, and, and now it's on their GM and, and their coaching staff to, to get what they can out of this group and sort of regroup in the offseason and reload. But, again, you're, you're going to get everybody's best effort, whether you're the Miami Dolphins, you're the Detroit Lions, or you're the New England Patriots. It doesn't matter. It just, you know, people always – you know, you always hear the cliches of, oh, any given Sunday, and people kind of laugh at it. You know, it was a great movie, and maybe that's a good cliche. But, no, I'm telling you, in this league, there are a lot of – alpha males with bad intentions on Sundays, and you better come ready to play. <laughs> well, speaking of bad intentions and pass rush, JT, it's a topic that you and I like to discuss. I can remember for years, in the last eight to ten minutes, I would always jump in the elevator with Harvey, and we'd go down to the sideline. And for games that we had a lead and we were protecting a lead or we were way up, that was prime time for you. You talked about, like, you couldn't wait to get back on the field 
pin your ears back and get after them. Did you see some of that today? And just talk about what that means to a pass rusher to just have those opportunities to know that every play you get to turn the corner and go. And and how many zero-yard sacks did you have in your career? This is a big point of contention. <laughs> yeah, we we're going to talk about the zero-yard sack in a minute for sure. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, JT. Well, I'll, I'll answer the first part first. You know, it's obviously when you're playing with – as a pass rusher, when you're playing with a lead, it's – you know, it, it depends on what the lead is. And, and today was a one-possession game still, so you can't be as reckless. You understand they're not going to run the ball with a certain amount of time on the clock, but we also need to keep them in bounds. So you're not playing as reckless as you could if you're playing for the you know the New England Patriots for 15 years. You're playing with you know the Peyton Manning Colts when they always had leads. You know, you just Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis would just tee it up. You know, for three quarters of the game. And, yeah, I was jealous. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I we can't tell. We can't tell. <laughs> Doesn't still bother Yeah, exactly. But, no, it's – so, you know, when you, you finally get that lead and you realize that, that running – them running the ball is not going to beat you, yeah, it's that's that's the best time for you. But it's exhausting. It's It can be frustrating. You know, we saw Van Ginkle get a, get a personal foul because, you know, you're two steps away and – like, dang, I, I did all the hard work, and now he's going to throw it just in the nick of time, and we're trying to slip a little hit in. And nowadays, you can't even sneeze near a quarterback, or they put a mask on him and call a personal fouls. So it's just, you know, it, so you got to you got to understand that in those situations, you know, albeit frustrating, you just you, know, you, you have to to know the situation in the game. But there's nothing like playing with a lead, boy. I'll tell you what, nothing like playing with a lead, especially a two, a two possession lead, a two score lead with you know, eight minutes to go when you guys are getting in the, in the, in the elevator coming down from the press box, you guys, get the, you guys miss the best part of the game. I don't understand why you do that. But whatever. JT, we appreciate you calling in, man, and giving us some thoughts here. But are, first, are you going to be in New Orleans? I will be there, yes. Okay, real quick, what's the key to win that game for Miami to make it seven straight? Oh, hell, I haven't started looking at them yet. But, I mean, it's the, the number one thing is to, to – to bring your bring your A game in your lunch pail, and I understand that regardless of you know, what your what that team looks like on paper or what they may have may or not, may have done in the past, you know they're gonna again a bunch of ultimate competitors that are trying to win a game, and you have no room for error right now. And that's the biggest thing is the Dolphins have no no margin for error, and, and they have to win every game and be. be I, I like the way they ran the ball today. If they can duplicate running the ball the way they did, and Duke Johnson had a great game and piling the football if they can do that it makes this offense so much better and, and you see where a guy like you know two has struggled a little bit today didn't have his best game but when you can run the ball and do it effectively you can overcome those two interceptions and, and, and lack of productivity you know it's it just you know you weren't great on third down but defensively you held the Jets to you know i think three of 11 on third down so the defense travels and the run game always travels that has to go to new orleans That'll be a good recipe to get out of here and get a, a seventh straight victory. Hall of Famer Jason Taylor, we appreciate you, man, jumping on with us here. Looking forward to getting you back in the booth next week, JT. Thanks, man. All right, All right guys. Have a great one. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. Take care, JT. And there he goes. What a way to end the show this week, guys. The six-game winning streak capped off by JT. They're the Hall of Famer. And that's going to do it for us here on the fifth quarter post-game show. Thanks to our executive producer and booth producer, Alejandro Solana. Our studio producers, Robert Grieper and Matthew Wilson. Our radio booth engineer was Stephen J. Gray. And our post-game engineer was Steph, the specialist. For OJ McDuffie and Seth Levitt, I am Travis Wingfield. The final score of today's game, 31-24. Dolphins win. They're going to be back on the air next Monday night in New Orleans for Monday Night Football. This has been the Miami Dolphins postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.